You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm here with Juan Escobedo, um, someone I've been wanting to have on uh, the podcast for quite a while. He's a he's a director, photographer, producer, writer, um, and I, I I think I first just heard about you because of the film Marisol that has been playing. I mean, over the years, it's actually been in quite a few festivals, and then I noticed uh, just recently you you got an award best uh, best short in, at the San Diego um, Movie Awards. We got uh, three awards. Three awards. Dang, that's a... <laughs> and a cash prize. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> you can put that towards the next film, right? Exactly what we're exactly. doing. Yeah. That, that's incredible. So, um, well, yeah, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Um, I think uh, we were just chatting before recording. Like, we're, we're both, like, huge dog people. We both have three dogs. Um, and I think we're, we've been Facebook friends for a few years, and we've never actually met in person, but it's kind of cool seeing someone with like similar sensibilities um i actually i went to school for photography out of high school that's what i went to school for uh so it's i've always like really enjoyed you know just seeing what you're up to always like cool positive um artistic things so i would just love to hear you know and tell our audience a bit about your background and kind of how you came to uh be doing what you're doing so I, I went to, right out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I was an artist, um, but I just didn't know what my medium was going to be. Uh, I did classes for drawing, uh, painting, uh, but I thought, no, I have to, it was, the, it was the 80s, late 80s. So I thought, okay, business, we have to do business because you know, it was a capitalist man. I think the Trumps were all over the place at that time. <laughs> Uh, gold uh, planes and, and toilets and all the stuff you would see on, on magazines. Uh, so I started to do and I flunked out of business uh, school. I couldn't do accounting. I couldn't do economics. I uh, couldn't do business law. I mean, I just barely like passed them with like a C or a D, I think some of those classes. And I thought, okay, well, this is not for me. What am I going to do? And my mom, she really wanted a degree from a college on her wall from me, from all her kids. And I said, okay, I have to, I have to do that for her. And how, what am I going to study? And I thought about art. And then I thought about theater, acting, directing. So I decided to take theater classes. And man, that just changed my world. It changed my life. My duck scratching. Yeah. yeah <laughs> sorry about that. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. He's <laughs> so uh so i went i went in, into theater and uh like i said it just changed my life man it, it blew me away uh because uh not only i was a very uh nervous kid a very uh somewhat introverted i was still outgoing but but it was more of a facade i guess you know that smile you have to put on in public and sure, sure. And just be just be friendly to people and uh, I got on stage for my first play, and I only had one line in that play. I think it was, yes, sir, no, sir, two lines. And uh, I stood there, and the whole time, I was a nervous wreck. And then when it came to my, my line, I said, yes, sir, no, sir, and my legs were just trembling. I was just shaking oh, so no. hard. And I thought, oh my God, maybe this is not for me. And but little by little, through some of the improv classes, some of the uh, just just class theater classes, especially improv, I was able to come out of that shell and be be more comfortable on stage with text, and also pers per, uh, in a per at a personal level, I was more comfortable uh, being out in public. I wasn't as nervous anymore. Uh, I became sort of this extrovert um, to to the point where it's like you couldn't shut me up sometimes. Uh, people were like, oh, here comes a guy that talks so much. <laughs> but it's just that theater changed my life that way and it changed my, my life uh, in so many ways. Uh, one of the things that people say, oh, I can't do this. And in theater, you learned uh, in improv, 
the one thing you learn is that you never say no because mm -hmm. you need to continue the improv. So it's always a yes, some form of yes. And uh, so, so I, I, I took that in, uh, you know, for life. And uh, so any time that I had a goal or I had to achieve something that I knew I wanted to, to do so badly, it was never a no. It was always yes 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 i can do this i don't know how but i'm gonna get it done and i'm gonna find a way to do it and uh, so that's how i got into film you know i after theater school uh, uh, after college i got my degree in theater uh, with an emphasis on directing and i thought okay now i need to pay the bills and in la theater is good it's okay but it's movies in la it's not like new york new york is known for theater and uh, so what I did is I started looking around in a newspaper and uh, I, found, I saw a job at, at a nonprofit miles away from here in Pomona. I don't know if anybody knows Pomona. And it said, um, the job read, the description read, I need a bilingual Spanish-English um, person who can present an HIV, STDs, uh, and uh, I think a drug harm reduction in the community of Pomona. And I thought, okay, well, if I get the script, I don't know anything about HIV or STDs or, or drug harm reduction, but if I get the, the, the script, I called it a script, which means like, you know, what you need to say, what, how you need to educate people. I said, I can memorize it and I can go out there and do presentations. And so I did, and uh, out of that, while in film school, because I graduated, looked for a job, started working, and then uh, got into film school um, after after college. And uh, it was the best job I have ever had because we got to go into the community, talk to sex workers, talk to drug users, talk to uh, immigrants that would congregate at Home Depot. And I would get to hear their stories, their struggles, um, just their daily life being a sex worker, a drug addict, um, heroin users. I mean, I got to hear the stories and out of that, my first film was born. And uh, the film was titled Needle Juice, Needle for Injection and Juice for Heroin. The film never went anywhere. It was one of those things where it was sort of like you went to film school but then you went to film school where you actually had to do a film and you learned because you learned things that they don't teach you in film school. So that's what that was. And uh, at that time, it was still film. It wasn't digital. It was still film. And uh, I had my script, Needle Juice, and I thought, okay, how are we going to shoot this? I shot in film, but it's really hard for me because you had to do the measurements, you had to do the math. And I was like, oh, my God, my brain is not wired for math. <laughs> uh, and I thought, how am I going to do this? So I sat on the script for about two years. And then the new digital cameras came out. And I thought, OK, well, I can do this now mm -hmm. because it's a lot easier with digital. And uh, so I, in film school, I met some friends. Uh, we talked about the new cameras that were coming out. It was a Canon XL2 or 1 and 2. And I thought, okay, well, I can pay $2,000 for one of those cameras and uh, I can have my friend, Stephen Chu, that was his name, Stephen Chu, who works for Netflix now. I thought, okay, well, maybe Stephen can, you know, do the camera, his brain is wired that way where he can take a camera, take it apart. Uh, you didn't have to take that camera apart, but he, he would understand how to use it. And uh, so we did, we, we went out there, everything was improvised. I had lowrider cars, I had ex-gang members coming out. I had beautiful models coming, uh, coming on set to be the sex workers. Uh, it was just, it was just, I mean, now that I look back, I was like, oh my God, how in the world did I do that? Because I was doing <laughs> everything myself, Yeah. the, the writing, the coordinating, the producing. Um, but but it, it goes back to improv to where it's like, yes, 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 yes. It's never a no. Don't don't instill that in you, that negative negativity. And uh, so so that that's how I got started. And then with Facebook, I started posting stuff and people, agencies, nonprofit agencies started to see what I was doing. 
And they started to reach out. They would, they would say, Juan, we need a PSA. We need this. We need that. And I would say, okay, but let's, let's do it as a film. Let's not do it as a PSA where you throw out the information, you scare people. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it basically goes nowhere mm-hmm. sometimes, I think. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. But if you do it with a film, with a story, beginning, middle, and end, I think people will be more engaged. They will follow the story. They'll, you know, it'll stay in their head. So that started to work. And one of the very first projects that I did was for AHF, AIDS Healthcare Foundation, uh, here in Hollywood. They're one of the biggest nonprofits. They have a lot of money and they're, they're global. And I did Sexy Rubber. And Sexy Rubber basically talked about using condoms, but it was uh, little vignettes. And, uh, and that, you know, that seemed to, that seemed to work. Uh, different nonprofits got to look at that. Uh, it did really well, like not here as much, but in Africa and other, other countries, it did really well. And so people started to reach out. They would say, Juan, we need a film to tell our mission. And that's how I started working. And then, sorry about that. Oh, no, hey, <laughs> I, it's all good, man. <laughs> I, I get it. I get yeah, that. He's going crazy. I don't know what's back there. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, with photography, uh, one of the things that I, I fear the most, not fear, but one of the things that I struggle with and that for some reason uh, I had this block, this mental block, and it's three things. It's waiting tables, uh, accounting, and cinematography. Those three things. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, I really want to do that. And yes, I can do it. Uh, but I'm like, what if I mess it up? What if this? I still have that yes attitude, but with a little bit of like, oh, no, if I don't have to do it, I'm not going to do it. I can hire a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got into photography, because I thought, I know I can do lighting. I can do this. I can do that. Um, but let me start with photography and then eventually I hope to move into cinematography. But one of the things that I realized is that a cinematographer, he needs to be able to do his thing and a director, he needs to be able to do his thing. Mm -hmm. And I love directing and I love uh, collaborating with a cinematographer. Um, and I love that, that, that relationship that they both have. Uh, let's see if they're, if they're good friends, because sometimes, you know, cinematographers and directors don't jive. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's how I, I got started. And we, I, people, nonprofits reach out, uh, people reach out, they want to work. Uh, and I'm always down to work, but I always ask, do you have a budget? Because you mm-hmm. need money. Right. Uh, without money, it's really tough. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. I mean, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's great that, um, because it seems like you're very busy, like you're working on, you're either doing something, you know, a project like that. Um, and then you're working on, you know, any kind of your, your, your personal art and then your films, like collaborating with, um, with other filmmakers. Um, so, so Marisol, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but so I got the chance to watch it and I loved it. And it, I mean, I think like probably a lot of people who, who watched it, I'm not, we're not going to give any spoilers here, but I was surprised that like it t- went in a direction that I did not, you know, anticipate uh-huh. at all. Um, I'm just curious, you know, about the kind of the genesis of like the writing process for the film, because you you co-wrote the the film. Yeah. Um, so I, I would just love to hear about, um, you know, maybe you could tell the, tell our audience just like the basic concept, the log line, synopsis, whatever. Um, and then just kind of how like the practicalities, how, how this even became um, a thing. And then like also like all the great success it's had over the um, the last like I would say at least four at least four years, right? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I look back and I was like, "Well, Facebook tells you, you know, yeah. five years ago, blah blah blah," and I'm like, "Oh shoot, it was five years ago, four or five <laughs> years ago." Um, the 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 story came about because um, like I, th- I said that I, I I work for nonprofits and I love working for nonprofits and I love working in underserved communities uh, with marginalized uh, populations. I hate those two words, but, but you know, that's the better way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at a round table at a, at a nonprofit uh, and the nonprofit where I was at, they would invite stakeholders from the community of East LA and that's government agents, other nonprofits, artists, um, 
just just an array of people that that can that can contribute to the well-being of youth and families in East LA. And it was this round table where we met quarterly and we would discuss the issues in East LA, like drugs, gangs, uh, teen pregnancy, uh, just an array of issues. At that time, I think it was a mighty one now when it was first being um, introduced into, into the stores or there was pop-ups. So uh, there was a social worker there and she was flipping a cigarette lighter. You remember those cigarette lighters that you push in the car? Yeah. I don't think they yeah, have yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a metal one. And if you remember, you stick that in there and it's like a round ring of just fire. Waiting for an accident or a burn, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. I've had a few burns that way. <laughs> so she was flipping her cigarette push-in lighter. And I said, oh, are you trying to quit smoking? Because I, mean, I thought to myself, why, other, why would she have that at, at, at this meeting? And uh, why even if you try to quit smoking, why would you have that, right? And, uh, and she said, no, she said, I have to report on a case. I have this case uh, of this little girl. And I was like, oh, shoot, where's this going? And she said, um, and I asked her, I said, can you, can you tell me about the case? And she said, yes, she said, I have a case. Uh, there's a little girl who gets punished by her parents. They, what they do is they put the lighter to the stove and then put it on her back, inflict it on her back. And they would punish her that way. And then she goes, she goes, but that's not only the, the only punishment she would receive. The other way they would punish her is to put boiling water, which, which well, yeah, boiling water and then put her hands in the boiling water to, to punish her. Man, when I heard that, my, my heart just sunk to the floor mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I was like, this is just horrific. And I thought, okay, well, I need to tell this story. Immediately I thought, well, how do I, how do I tell the story? I need to tell it, what do I do? Um, and not only that, but what they would do to her too is they would lock her in a, in a uh, cabinet, kitchen cabinet locker with a lock and uh and not feed her for like days she said God. and i thought man what is what is what kind of animals are these people what kind of people do this to their to their kids mm. or to their child so i i kept in touch with her for a little while the social worker and i would ask her things and I could tell, you know, there's there's a privacy thing uh, here in Cal well in the United States called HIPAA. Uh, so I try to I try to pull as much information as I could without revealing too too much. And uh, it was just horrific, man. It was it was just so so that story. I mean, to this day, I think about the character uh, or, or the the real life that Marisol portrayed. And uh, when I started to write. I, other people approached me, they said, you know, Juan, we want to help you. We want to see what we could do. Uh, whatever projects you're working on, we, we, we want to, we've never worked on a project. We've never collaborated with people. We want to collaborate with you. So that's how the other, other. Oh, did we cut out? Can you hear me okay? Right door. Gabriel Fernandez and uh, Anthony Avalos, two little boys that were brutally beaten and killed by their parents. And, and I thought, okay, uh, th this is more of a push that I need to really get this story out. Uh, I, I'm not the gatekeeper or anything like that. I don't consider myself anything, anything of, uh, and I'm not trying to teach anybody things. I just wanted to tell this story, uh, and and yes, hopefully bring awareness to to child abuse, and uh, and yeah, we 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 wrote it, we finished it, we were shooting, and then we, if you saw the film, the little girl dreams of a quinceanera dress. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the whole game plan was to do a feature film. And to close the bridge in East LA would have cost thousands of dollars to get a crew on there, thousands of dollars. 
So after the first weekend that we shot, we went back and looked at it. And we here, there's a short film here with a beginning, a middle and an ending. I, th I thought, okay, well, we don't have to go and try to uh, get thousands of dollars to finish it. We can try to do the sh just do the short, um, get some music on there, sound mix it, and we should be okay. And that's what we did. We I met with uh, the three producers and I told them, and they said, yes, let's you know, it looks like a short. Let's let's do the shorts. And uh, soon after that, we started. Uh, oh, you know, I have to give a shout out to East LA because when East LA found out about the film. Uh, and they knew I was doing this film. Uh, the community, nonprofits, community, uh, government agencies in East LA, they all came to the table and they said, Juan, what can we do to help you so that you don't have to spend a lot of money? And even the cemetery was really, really cool. It's a cemetery in Wall Heights, uh, an old cemetery. Is that the uh, Calvary Cemetery? Is it, or or the I know, I know there's a couple of cemeteries in Boyle Heights that I've been to before. The, there's like an old yeah. Jewish one and then a big, big Catholic cemetery. Yeah, um, there's two that I know of. I, I don't know the exact name right now, but it's in Boyle Heights on first and Cesar Chavez right around there. Okay. I, I don't know if you know this, but the first African-American lady to run for president is buried there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. They know, a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, I didn't it. know that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I have to look up her name because I forget. Um, and and uh, so they all came. They all came to. They all would you know message me, text me, and call me and email me. And what do you need? And I would say we need this, that, and this. And uh, and they all came through, man. Even the restaurant gave us like a huge discount for the food. They're right there. It's called like Tepeyac uh, in Boyle Heights. Um, people gave us their houses for free for the whole day uh I, I i'm so grateful to them because you know when you're on a shoot it's it's like 16 hours a day so if you use somebody's house you're gonna put them out for 16 hours uh so they all came they all came together and supported the film and uh yeah soon after that it started making the rounds uh i was really hoping it would be oscar qualified at one of the festivals mm -hmm. But it, it didn't. So then I thought, okay, we I have to try to at least reach for that Oscar, right? Mm -hmm. uh, every filmmaker wants to reach for for that Emmy or is it Emmy or Grand Emmy, and the Oscar. And I said, you know, let's let's try it. So I talked to the producers, and they said, why not? And uh, there's certain things that I had to do to make it Oscar qualified, and it is Oscar qual. It was Oscar qualified. And uh, the Academy reached out one day and they said, um, they said, uh, Mr. Escobedo, uh, can we, uh, we would like to request your script, Marisol's script, to be inducted into the Academy's Margaret Herrick Library for, uh, for future. Then I looked at my email. Is the connection okay? Yeah, I cut out for a second, but I hear you now. I think oh, there you cut out again. I don't know if it's the. Okay. Oh, you're back now. You're back. <laughs> uh, they reached out with an email, and I looked at the email, and I, I and I said, "What?" I was like, you know, this is one of those emails from like another country asking for money, right? <laughs> and I left it open, walked away. And then I thought, wait a minute, this this is possible. This could be, it could be possible. So I went back and looked at it and I was like, oh, okay. So I had some other people at the office look at it, like, that looks legit. Uh, so, so I was like, what the heck? So I responded and I said, oh, the right Juan Escobedo, do you have the right film? <laughs> and they said, yes, Mr. Escobedo, we saw the film uh, in Santa Monica uh, and we would like to request a script. Um, but but with with the Oscars, it's a whole PR machine, man. So later on, I found out through a PR person that I became friends with. She said um, she works with the with Shaquille O'Neal and uh, the Basketball Housewives, and she said Juan, she goes, you know, for the Oscars, you need a huge PR campaign to get it out there and push it and push it and just shove it down people's throats. <laughs> Uh, and I thought, oh, well, that's what we did wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, the interesting thing was that there was a guy uh, who who attended some theater 
or was a teacher or something in Fullerton, somewhere in Orange County. He had he went to see the film. He reached out when I was in Santa Monica. He reached out and he said, Juan, may I do a piece on this film? And I said, okay, yeah. And uh, so he wrote something on it. And then when the Oscars came out and we didn't win, he said, he wrote again, he said, congratulations. He, he wrote an article. He said, congratulations to the winner, but Marisol should have been right up there. Mm -hmm. So that, that was really nice. So that was my first, you know, experience with the academy and it was a nice experience yeah that's incredible i mean getting that that level of community support is is outstanding i mean i think that just to have so many people that have your back and and want to want to help you you know succeed with this amazing project and it, and it you know and it is like it's so um it's so great that it's um reached so many people i think it's a you know incredibly important like you said i think that's a that's a sign of a good storyteller is someone who's like you know they're telling a story they're not trying to like um like tell you like it is or educate you or or whatever but it's like this this yeah. brings up issues that are like you know horrific and you know a lot of times we just some people don't want to it's hard to think about because it's so unimaginable like who would do who would do something like this um but yeah just yeah. A, just a beautiful and story thank you and i was going to say something about the about what happens to marisol in the story um a, a few people approached me and they said you really have to show that mm. and i said yeah we have to and uh, i talked to the actress tony and i said tony how do you feel about i wanted to get her opinion on it uh and also the actor alejandro patino uh, the grandfather and they said no you we we have to show it and then one of them said tony said you know i think marisol referring to the real little girl would want you to tell people uh what happened to her it would want you to show people what she went through and then i i sat with that and i thought yeah you know you're right and my my intention was always to show it uh the violence but to show it in a I mean, how can you show violence in a nice way, right? There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> right. Uh, but I thought I thought of Emmett Till uh, and his mm. mother. Right. And when Emmett Till, uh, for well, you you know the story, sure. but Emmett Till was uh, beaten to death by white supremacists in the South uh, because of a lie. The the lady said that a white lady said that he whistled at her, and the brothers came after him and killed him. And uh, Emmett Till's mother refused to cl uh, have a, a closed casket. She mm -hmm. wanted an open casket because she wanted to. She wanted people to see what these two people, or I, I don't know how many people were that killed him, what they did to him. And, and so, I, as soon as I read that, I was like, "Oh, that's it. We're, we're keeping the violence." Yeah, um, because it was important to 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 tell her story with that. No, it's true. I'm, I'm a, I'm actually, I'm a U.S. history teacher, high school, and um, you know, we we study that, and uh, it, it is like how it, something that's uh, clearly was such a difficult thing for the for the mother to do to do that, but she recognized the power that it um, could potentially have, and it and it did it. It impacted so many people. Um, and probably like arguably changed the course of history based off doing that, that one thing. Um, so it is, yeah. sometimes it's just, it's necessary to, to show something, you know, because that's, you know, that's, it's what happens yeah. and it's, you know, it can really get people to pause and, and make, you know, um, yeah. become advocates or whatever, but yeah. Um, yeah, such a, such a wonderful film. Is there, so I was able to see it. Um, are are people able to see it online right now? Um, just anyone looking at, or is no, it, is not it yet. Yeah. Okay. Not yet. I, I've I've sat on it for a little while because um, I thought, you know, for some reason, I'm not done with this film. Um, I don't know what it is, and submitting it to uh, sending it to the San Diego Movie Awards, that was uh, evident that it's like, okay, we're not done yet with this film. Um, I reached out to HBO. They they looked at it. One of the assistants or something looked at it, and they turned it down. Uh, so I'm gonna try a few more times and see what happens, and then uh, eventually I think it'll be out for the world to mm -hmm. see. Uh, whether it's YouTube, Vimeo, I don't know. 
but but this past week two weeks ago last week this weekend yeah it was very evident that it's still um you know it needs it needs some one more push yeah no that's great i think um so i cover you know i live in the the area where we have sundance sundance is is really close to where i live and mm, yeah. um so i go up there every year but uh the last couple of years just with all the different festivals i've covered it's been um from my perspective it's been really it's nice of course it's like i love being around people and it was like it kind of was you know not kind of a bummer to have it in an online format but um I think that made me pay attention so much more to short films uh, because yeah. they, because they were they were on demand like most festivals um, the narratives may have been more um, uh, in a schedule like you had to watch it at a certain time but the short films were were available for you know for press on demand um, and mm. I watched so many great films and it just became yeah. such a like a, a medium that I've always loved short films but i think it had kind of been an afterthought or something that's like placed before the feature and that's he's like oh that was cool and then you don't think yeah. about it again but to sit and really watch um i mean it's a it's a powerful powerful medium and i mean it just made me talking to other filmmakers who've made shorts how um it makes me think about like writing a short story and how how challenging like there's you know, in, in some ways, people have said like it's easier to to write a novel than a good short story or like a good short film. That's really tough to you know pack it in there in that short amount of time and um, yeah. really come across. But the characters just like you're you know it comes across so well, uh, and it does. It's you know definitely going to leave an impact on me as it sounds like it like people over. So that's cool that it's either you got has a little more life in it as far as like festivals that's great yeah yeah it was really interesting you know um we the first award that they gave us at the san diego movie awards first of all it was in san diego my hometown uh second it was at balboa park uh I, for those of you that know about Balboa park it's a beautiful mm. park in san diego and then third it was at the museum of photographic art so i was like filmmaker photographer san diego Perfect. <laughs> and, and so the first award that they gave us was uh, for best actress for the little girl, child actress. And I thought, yes, great, you know, because uh, uh, have I mean, she made the film. All three made the film, but but she, if I hadn't had a good child actress, that film would have been people would not have bought into the story. Mm -hmm. uh, so I owe that little girl Sienna Ortiz a lot. Um, yeah, and then and then the second one was um, best director, and I was like, what? So of course I had to go in with my ch best child actors award for Sienna, and then picked up my best director, and then for the third one, which was best short film, I was like, I'm going out with two awards. Pick up the third award. <laughs> I have to own this, man. It, 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 you know, so many years, so much hard work, um, and, and the the feedback was amazing, man, amazing. Uh, from the people, there was a lot of people from LA that were invited. There was a lot of San Diego filmmakers, um, and it was just it was it was beautiful, man, beautiful, really beautiful. That's great. And I love short films. You know, people say, "Oh, short films," but I love short yeah. films. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, feature films. Yeah, I want to get into a feature film, but uh, you know, you say that it's harder to impact all the information uh, to to put all the information in a short film but i find it a lot easier uh cool. the feature film like oh you know and I, have, <laughs> I have a few here in the computer and i'm like i gotta do a feature film but it, it's more money it's, it's a yeah. lot more money uh, more more locations maybe i don't know i did see an a, an african film from uh, nigeria i think it was uh recently on prime i forget the, oh the delivery boy yeah. that was a feature film and i started in I got really engaged in the storyline and then I started to see the locations and I'm like, that's the same location. <laughs> they just put the cars around, you know, and that's the same build. They just switched everything around. I was like, oh, okay. I was like feature film. I think I can use yeah. one location, move it around and be creative with it. Uh, but it's the story that draw that film. It's called Delivery Boy. It's a great the, film. I'll check that out. That, um, that reminds me of like one, uh, one book that really I, I read when I was, a uh, in my late teens that I loved. And it was uh, Robert Rodriguez's, his like his journal for when he made El Mariachi. Um, yeah. Just outstanding kind of just how he like 
yeah. pulled it together and and did that. And it's like a it's it's a great film, you know. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, and, and he always used the power of yes, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never said no. Never took a no for an answer. Yeah, great advice yeah. for people like coming up and and, and feeling. I, I love what you said about feeling like oh I can't do this when you're like early on. I think that's probably pretty common among a lot of people. And then a lot of people they listen to that voice and they don't do anything and they're worse off for it. So it's I I, I love that just like committing to to yeah. yes. It's great. And you have to create your own space, you know, if you don't have a space at the table, you know, pull, pull up your little, you know, rolling chair and make a little wiggle room there somewhere <laughs> and make your space and say, I'm here. I'm a film director. I'm a DP. I'm an actor. I'm here. Uh, I'm at the table. You know, let, let's talk. Um, so, yeah. So I get a lot of people that say, how do I start filmmaking? And and it's like, just pick up the camera, man. Pick up the camera. Um Pick up your iPhone nowadays, uh, pick up the pen, or, or, or in this case, pick up the computer and start writing. Uh, you can start small and just build it out. And then eventually you'll find, you'll find what works for you. Eventually, for me, my, my niche has really been the nonprofit world uh, with telling the stories, uh, telling, uh, using their mission to tell the story, to build a story around it. And uh, that's, that has worked for me. Uh, a lot. I, I told that to somebody. I was uh, I was public speaking at an event two years ago, and I say that in public, and people are like, "What?" <laughs> and, and it's like, "Yeah, nonprofits have a lot of money. You know, yeah. they have a lot of money. They, not not all of them. You know, a lot of them. They no, most nonprofits have money. They have mm -hmm. a good budget, uh, but a lot of uh, what they put out there is like, "Oh, we're broke. You know, we're broke. We have no money." <laughs> And it's like, yeah, you're broke because you buy so much swag. You know? <laughs> so many T-shirts so that just become car wash. Uh, flags, you know? It's like just redirect some of that money to, to content and you'll, yeah. you'll see more money eventually. I love that. I, I was talking just the, through through my job. I was talking to some nonprofits um, who like, you know, they, they have a lot of money and they were saying, like come up with a program come up with a plan like we're, we we are we are here for you if you if you you know you come to us with a proposal we are like more than happy to look at it and work with you on something so i love the idea that they were um they were they were willing to give money but they're like you make something you create it or you tell us what you want to go like we want to support something but you know um yeah. give us something so it's so yeah you're right they're they're out there i mean that's yeah. uh that's really cool yeah the other thing that i that i'm very um and this is not to knock anybody down uh, especially nonprofits. they have to be really careful with their money um but sometimes um you know I, people have reached out and they say can you write a five-page proposal and i was like no i don't have to be writing a five-page <laughs> proposal you know? it's like i'll send you a script if you like it great if not then you know we, we're not meant to work together because a lot of the times uh you, you go online and you're like oh there's a grant you know let me apply yeah and then you spend all this time and at the end thank you for it it was so competitive wah, 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 wah. <laughs> You know, and it's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. And people have reached out and they said, Juan, you know, there's a grant. And I'm like, nah, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, the, but out of that, having said that, people have reached out and they say, Juan, there's a grant. Uh, we just need a, a couple of things from you. Very, very small, very minimal. Uh, and I said, okay. And then, you know, which kind of, which kind of makes me believe that they're okay. We're going to give it to him because he's responsible. He'll do great with the money. He'll tell a story. He'll get the message out. Uh, so there's been situations like that where, where it has happened. We're like submit and like, no, nah, not for 5,000. Now I'm okay. Yeah. Like submit. <laughs> so when they say it like that, I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a hint that it's, it's, it's going to go good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is, I mean, I think, uh, one thing I always like to talk to artists about who like, you know, they, it's a, it's a constant, it's, you know, it's not like a typical career. So it is like that, that, uh, where's the next project, the next paycheck kind of, kind of come from. I would love to hear, um, maybe your perspective and like telling someone new coming into it, um, who maybe is scared about that. Um, like how do insecurities, they, insecurities, insecurities. Sure. 
Yeah. yeah. So how do you like how, how do you cope with that? It seems like you're a pretty um, laid back guy, and and you seem like like you're doing what you love, and you're you're busy with the stuff. But uh, yeah, projects come and go constantly. Yeah. You know, um, I, I was an actor first, and I did um, I did a, a soap opera like early two thousand and three or six. I can't remember. It's on it's on my IMDb, and it was the bold and the beautiful. And uh, <laughs> I, I went on set for a, no, they had me on hold for a week, but I only got to work three days, and they pay me tons of money. And I thought, oh my God, I was like three days, they pay me for five and they pay me like, I don't know, really good money. So, so for me, I, I found a job where, um, because I, and it was nonprofit and because I developed and I was transparent, developed that relationship with a nonprofit. I said, look, tell me what my, my goals are for this job. I will meet your, I will meet the goals. Uh, and beyond, I will make you look great on paper for the funders. I said, but sometimes I need to take off one day or two days. And, and I was very honest with them. And uh, they, they saw that I was doing really well with the numbers. They, they kept getting more money from the funders because of the numbers, the, the target numbers uh, that we're meeting. And, and they were like, you know, free range one, whatever you need to do, um, just keep up the good work. That was one agency. Um, another agency that I went to work for, it was like you had to clock in at nine and you had to clock in at f clock out at five. No, no, 501, no, not, no, five, four, you know, 59, like <laughs> nine and five. And I thought, oh my God, these people are going to kill me here. <laughs> because, you know, my brain doesn't work that way. Uh, I'm not wired that way. Um, but but as artists, we have so many insecurities. We have uh, not only when it comes to our artwork, our craft. You know, we make something. We're like, oh, what if it's good? What if it's not good? What? Just a lot of insecurities that way. But also financially, we have so many insecurities. Uh, the rent, the bills, you know, the cell phone, insurance for car, for physical, uh, food, food insecurities. Uh, I, I've eaten so many ramen cups in my day, ramen <laughs> in my life. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, so you just have to find what works for you, what might work for you, and, and do not let go of your craft, whatever that is, whether it's um, writing, filmmaking, photography, you, 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 uh, you know, one hour, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day at least. If you could do the whole day and just devour everything you can for your craft, uh, great. But always try to find that balance where you need to survive and you need to make sure your craft survives. Mm. Uh, finding that balance between two, between the both. So people, you know, get into waitering. And I thought that was going to be my route. Uh, and that's why I say those three things, accounting, waitering, and, and cinematography. Um, but you know, two days into waiting tables, the first day was easy because you just watched people, or waiters and waitresses. Second day, I had to hold the tray. You had to hold it like this. <laughs> Man, things were flying all over the place. And, but again, you know, I kind of, I sort of lied on my, on my, on my job. I, you know, fake it till you make it. That doesn't always work. <laughs> so it was one of those things where like, can you wait tables? Oh yes, I can do it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but you know, there you, you have to know your limitations. And waiting tables was something that I was not. I can hold the tray like this, but you're not supposed to hold a tray like this. It's going to be like this. Uh, so anyway, so I mean, it, drinks flew on a few people and <laughs> flew. And uh, by the third by the third accident I had in the in the kitchen, I just went flying with the tray. And the chef or cook came out and like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like. I'm okay. I'm done. <laughs> and I just left. Yeah. It was, I take my hat off to waiters and waitresses, man, and busboys. Oh my gosh. Hard work. My wife did that for years. Yeah. Um, tough, tough work. <laughs> tough work, man. Yeah. Um, I've noticed too, I, th I think I'm remembering this right, that you, so you on occasion are able to teach like young people, like photography or different things. So I, I'd love to hear about that, like how you, um, you know, 
how you got into it and like what do you like about working with um younger younger people kind of sharing your um, your trade and your yeah. artistic vision with them so uh, for 15 years at one of the nonprofits, uh, we had a SAMHSA grant and it stands for substance abuse mental health administration and it's out of uh washington federal level and they said okay um you have it was a lot of money at the time it was like five hundred thousand a year uh, to develop a youth program for youth 12 to 18 and later on it was 24 and their families and uh when we came to the table to write the grant and apply uh they said okay these are the rules that we have to follow so you have to have uh an evidence-based curriculum you have to work in the east la community you have to target or you have to focus on hiv prevention uh drug use prevention and I think at the time it was specifically meth. I think it was because they, they, they it was the same grant, but the, every five years they changed it a little bit. Uh, opioids was one of them at one time, marijuana usage. And um, so, so you know, the writing stuff, I'm like, uh, I can write your script, but, you know, grant stuff, no. And uh, they hired uh, an evaluator. They hired a person to write the grant. And they said, Juan, have a go at it. You know, you, you, you do all the arts, you do all this stuff in East LA, have a go at it with these, these group of people. They will take care of the, or the, or the main thing. You just have to tell them how you see this program for youth in East LA and their families. So I said, okay, well, what is the curriculum? Uh, they, they, at, at the end, at, uh, eventually we landed on uh, storytelling for empowerment. Uh, by a lady named Annabelle Nelson out of New Mexico or Arizona. Really wonderful lady. I, I'm still friends with her on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, it was it was telling stories, generational stories uh, from the Native American perspective for prevention, for HIV drug prevention. And uh, so so seeing that curriculum, that curric are you, you're frozen. Are you there? Oh, can you hear me? I might be frozen, uh, but I lose you. Uh oh, I got oh, yeah, you I right now. You now. Yeah, you got me. Okay. <laughs> Were you okay hearing me? Yeah, I got you. Like I, I, I can hear you. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, let me know if you can't hear me. Just lift okay. your hand on the little icon. Okay. If you can. I don't know. Yeah. So. Okay, you there? Yeah. Yeah. Are you I think we're good. I'll cut the. I'll, I'll cut this out. <laughs> so, so I said to them, I said, okay, we'll use this curriculum. It tells stories. Perfect. Uh, I said, why don't we do films? Why don't we do, you know, get social media involved too. At the time there wasn't so much Instagram or, or Facebook. Um, I think Facebook was, was becoming more popular. Um, so I said, let's, let's do stories. Let's put them through the curriculum. They can learn everything about prevention, everything that the government requires us to teach them. And then as part of the engagement, we keep them for six months. We talk to the kids, we go to the schools or, or at the agency for six months, teach them how to write a script, teach them how to uh, direct, teach them how to use the cameras. And that's what we did. Um, we would put them through the curriculum and then uh, twice a week we would teach filmmaking and they would learn filmmaking and uh, and then we would put their stories uh, at a festival uh, which became the 18th anniversary oh. how much did you hear <laughs> I think I, I think I got all of it you're you're just giving the name of the of the place East LA Film Festival okay got we got it now. East LA Film Festival great yeah. so this year we're in our 15th year um, September 30th um, this summer, but uh, we got other films from other schools and um, it's still recording. And, um, and yeah, so we're doing our East LA Film Festival 20, uh, 2022 15th anniversary uh, this year. Wonderful. So I'll, yeah. I'll make sure to put links on that. Um, um, and then, yeah. So as we wrap up here, um, because I want to make sure I get everything you're saying. I don't want us to cut out too much. Uh, where can people like find you know find you? 
like on, online? Where can people, you know, reach out if they, if they, you know, if they um, have projects they might have you in mind for just, you know, what was the best place to get you? So I'll send you two handles. Uh, one of them is uh, on, on Instagram, uh, East LA Film Festival on Instagram. The other one is my name, full name, Juan Escobedo. I'll, I'll write it out for you here. And then um, uh, if you love dogs, follow the puppy Chulos. Ooh, nice. Those are yours? Yeah. The oh, puppy nice. Chulos, uh, <laughs> I started making ceramics and art. And when I'm not working on photography and film, I got into it, man. I love uh, it. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they're being animated as we speak. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And all, all with the messaging of, you know, how to treat animals the right way the puppy chulos yeah i love it all three awesome so i'll link those so people can follow all that um the film festival sounds exciting that's great uh that's that's something to look forward to and um I'll yeah make sure. it's beautiful i just want to pl plug in we yeah with the department of mental health service area three um which covers a part of la and um yeah, it's exciting, man. We're going to have uh, dancers during the day outside and then the films inside. Uh, Frida Kahlo costumes running around all over the East LA College. We partnered with Vincent Price Museum as well. Uh, so it should be fun. I, I hope it you know works out. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for that. That sounds like a blast. I mean, I'd love at some point down the road, I'd love to come down to I come down there. We would love to have you. I would, yeah. I would love to come down at some point. Make a so film and come that out. That would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Two minute film. One minute film. You know? One minute film. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> um, well, Juan, thank you so much. Um, I'd love to have you on down the road. This was a great chat getting to getting to know you finally. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to love um, listening to your experience and um, great advice here for, for young people getting started. So. Uh, thank you, Kyler. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll be in touch. And um, again, thank you so much and look forward to having you on again. Sounds good. Thank you. Have okay. a great day. You too. Bye.